his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. together this collective we're here to save the world because somebody's got to do it the world must be saved it needs saving and uh i think justin from wallingford wants to save it you there justin i am here i am here you've been waiting a long time what's up well you know if the during the previous program you you know tom had mentioned the 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 b-52s the band the yeah, the band, and and they're like, you know, like we don't like all the transphobia and everything, and it's like, oh, so you are pro grooming. Now that Love Shack is starting to look a little different right now. Is that what that was about? Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing now because they seem to be conflating the two. Cause, I mean, the the whole the whole movement, the whole kind of gay rights thing, huh, finished with uh, you know, marriage being, you know, forever. <laughs> All right, Justin. Come on now. Don't talk like that on the radio. We got our, we got our standards. We have to maintain here. Thank you for the call, sir. Michael Lebowitz is joining us now. Three months out of prison after twenty-five years in prison, and I think I think you're adjusting well, Mike. What do you say? I, I say yes. Three months out of prison. I'm five minutes out of getting my haircut, and I'm sitting in the car talking to my favorite tacos. Well, how much better can life get? Well, you could be sitting in the studio doing it in your in your slick home studio. Well, I'd rather be sitting in the studio there, but I wasn't, you know. That'd be I'm nice. trying to be optimistic here. Okay. It, hopefully it's a nice, comfortable car. It is, and I just got my license yesterday, so I'm really excited. And you got to, uh, I think it was a unique experience for you getting your license because you were interfacing once again with your favorite government organizations. I, yes, I was. I actually failed the test three times, and yesterday I finally passed. And one of the things, Todd, that stuck out to me is, and this has been my experience with government in general, is that the way that they want you to drive to take the test has nothing to do with the way people actually drive in everyday life. They have expectations uh, 
that are unique to the process of getting your license but don't overlap with actual driving knowledge no they do not and i'd be happy to provide an example because it cost me twice please do so they call this blocking the box and what they mean is if you're at a green light at an intersection and you want to take a left but you have oncoming traffic you can't pull out ahead of the white line in the road. You're supposed to stay behind that. Of course, if you actually do that, you're not likely to ever to be able to take your left turn because the cars are just going to keep coming and coming and coming. But if you inch forward, they fail you on the test, and that happened to me twice. But interestingly, Todd, yesterday when I'm getting tested, yeah. I stopped at that light. Traffic kept coming and coming. You and stayed this time, at the line, at the stop line, in the, at the beginning yeah, at the of the intersection. Line, yeah, and this time the guy told me if you just sit here at the if you just sit here we're never going to make the turn. So he <laughs> wa- <laughs> and I I didn't argue. You know, I I wanted my license, but I really wanted to say, you know, I failed twice for doing what you're telling me to do now. What can you do? I did you tell him that? Punches. I did not. Okay, I, you know, I'm glad I read you held your time, tongue. I read a book that said 100 it was called 100 ways to ruin your life and one of them was fight every battle. And I said ah. to myself, this is not the battle I want to fight. I've got more important fights to have, yes. bigger. That have will much better hills to die too. on. Yes, much better hills to die well, I'd rather live on the hill, though, Todd. I mean, let's, you know. Yes, but you were but dying on that hill. Uh, you, weren't, you went over three. I would have died three. on that hill, but I can live on others. That's yes. the key. <laughs> and which hill? I Do you want to talk to people about what you've been up to? Uh, sure. I'd love to. I, I think I, you've done a good job hitting the ground running in your three months of um, of free life. And it, it's really fascinating. So I think people should hear about it and, and be fascinated by how you handle that kind of thing. Like you, 25 years in prison, it just sounds insurmountable. I think I told you before, I, I forget if you were there when I was talking about it, but I, I am impacted by how incongruous that your resume is with your being so sometimes i'm talking to you and i have to do some kind of double check and, and <laughs> to make sure you're the right guy are you the guy is mike Leibowitz the guy who spent 25 years in prison I, and i have to say it to you so you can confirm it to me and i can understand that all is that i have it all straight you know because it's just so weird do you have a sense of of that this is um well i don't even know how to ask the question what is your sense of how does it feel to you being out of prison it feels like i was never there truly i know i know that probably sounds crazy but it's a friend of mine gave me an example he said it's like you go on vacation you know you, and you you're gone for two weeks and then once the vacation's over it's like you remember it but okay now you're just back to your life and that's what it feels like to me. It feels like, okay, you know, I'm just living my life. I could, I the can't memory's even... there, but the reality of it no longer is in my heart. Yeah, it's not. One time uh, I was walking, and it occurred to me that I was free. This happened just the other day, and it sent shivers through me. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't happened very often. But, I mean, at the same time, Todd, I've been, like you said, I've been very busy, and I'm not trying to focus on the past. I'm trying to focus on the present and the future. Well, at the same time, not forgetting the past and not, you know, keeping it as a reminder of how bad life can be and how my decisions affect my life. But really, I just want to move forward. But that's one of the things that's interesting about the whole experience. Most people can't fathom how you would spend 25 days in prison, forget about 25 years. And 
the fact that you can be out and, you know, you went in when you were, what, 21? Yes. So that's really you've never had an adult life out in the world. and No. And, and that's a, a totally fascinating thing. And the, anything that you can convey that's real about how you're processing that or how you're not or how, you, you know, the kinds of barriers you're bumping into or anything like that, because you do tend to lead with the, the reality of, hi, I'm Michael Leibowitz and I just got out of prison. How does that, <laughs> are you still saying that to people? Um, no, not not really. The one thing I'll tell you, I guess I got to kind of give some background. When I first got out, I had no intention on getting on any social media whatsoever. My goal is to become a talk show host, whether it be at a radio station, podcast, whatever. So my plan has been to book myself on as many podcasts as I can, which I've been doing. But you gave me the advice, which turns out to be rather sound, that I need to be on social media. So I started with Twitter, went to Facebook and TikTok, and now Instagram. In my, my strategy on Facebook was simple. I started off by sending friend requests to people that you've had on the show mm-hmm. that were economists, philosophers, and whatnot. And so once I did that, and they accepted my request, and then the funny thing happened, an algorithm kicked in. So that's what I started getting on my feed all the time. So I just kept sending out friend requests, sending out friend requests, putting content on Facebook every day, and it turned out pretty well. I've made some contacts. Uh, Zenya, who you had on yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, she's in Australia, and she and I now have a podcast with my wife. I guess it's a YouTube show. I don't really know the difference, yeah, but same. we're doing that. Yeah, with my friend uh, Carlos Robolo. So I'm doing that. I'm putting stuff on TikTok and Instagram. And for the most part, the response is, has been good. But I still get this, oh, yeah, well, what were you in prison for? And each time someone says that to me, Todd, they say it as if I've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's like it's, you're hiding it's, it. It's, yeah, it's the secret. But the thing, okay, I can even accept that because there's no way they know what I'm doing with my life. But then I tell them, okay, I've got four years of interviews on TIC. I've been on an abundance of podcasts. I've done plenty of writing. Oh, and you can Google me and find out what I was in prison for. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to do that. They want me to sit there and type on TikTok where I, you type a few sentences, post, because you can't do you know full things. I have no interest in doing that. I have no interest in spending my time explaining what I was in prison for, especially if someone's interested. It's easy to find out. Yeah, and it's forcing you to be in a headspace that you are moving on from, not one you want to... Lingering, but nevertheless, people are going to have the curiosity. Yeah, and I don't mind. I don't mind telling them, but I, if you're not even willing to do the work, well, you to, could to just paste out. in the link and send them the link, and then well, that's would... what I ended up doing. <laughs> Hang on, Mike. We're going to take a quick break. Mike Leibowitz is here. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We'll talk more with Michael coming up on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. Lebo is here, Michael Lebowitz. We're talking about his three months of freedom, as juxtaposed against the twenty five years that preceded it. And uh, where were you, Michael? Where, did you have something else you wanted to say? I don't know, but, but in regards to what you said, I am prepared to make a very controversial statement right now. Okay. And that is that my three months of freedom is much better than the 25 years in prison. I know I that might be hard for – that's hard for some people to believe, Todd. I know, but it's the truth nonetheless. <laughs> well, uh, I think a lot of people would, if they were pondering 
the situation, like imagining oneself having gone into prison at age 21 and gotten out at age 46, one might think the first three months could be difficult. Well, no, but in fairness, I've got a, a hell of a support system. I mean, I've got my friend, Subby. I've been friends with him since I was 14, and he allows me to stay with him. And, you know, he's been there, and I've got family. I've got you, and everybody's been wonderful. And, you know, so with the support system is what's made it easy. Without that, I'm sure it would have been a very different and very difficult experience. Yeah, but me. you're not haunted by it doesn't seem it seems like you processed whatever demons needed to be processed and you're not walking around angst filled. And I think most people imagine that anybody who's been in prison that long is stuck in some developmental place that they haven't been able to free themselves from. I get the sentiment and it might be the case for some people, but like you said, I've processed it. I'm a, I'm a reality junkie, Todd. I, I'm for facing issues right when they arise, whether they be inside me or outside me. So I just deal with things, and you know, no matter how painful they might be, because if they're there, they're going to have to be dealt with sooner or later, and I, I find dealing with them sooner is a much better policy. So you're, you said your goal is to be a radio talk host. What is your sense of where we are right now? What's the thing that if you uh, suddenly were invited on to a big radio show, imagine Rush Limbaugh was still alive and on the air and dominating uh, the country yes. in terms of talk radio— what would you want to have to say on that kind of forum? I think the biggest problem right now that in the in the country, maybe in the world, I don't I don't know, but it's a, a lack of discussion about ideas. It's like a food fight between two parties who don't really advocate for policies that are much different. They just shout insults at each other and argue about guys with antlers on. And I just think that that goes nowhere. There's no discussion, for instance, about what is the purpose of government. Uh, do we have rights? What would those rights be if we do have them? What's liberty? What's the history of the country? What's the Constitution say? There's very little of anybody talking about those things that we talk about. Like I said, men at the at the Capitol with antlers, who's got the footage, who's not showing the footage, who's manipulating the footage. And I just think that's a leads us down a dead end to, to, well, a dead end to nowhere, I suppose, but that's kind of a redundancy. I think you get Well, it's, it's like everybody's fighting about the fight rather than talking about what's wrong with the country and what needs to be fixed. And that's, that's what I find frustrating as well. And that's what, that's what led me to, to um, emotionally move out of the left-right box and and abandon that paradigm and and once you step out of that paradigm you realize that is the prison cell our minds are held in it, it's quite it's very liberating remarkable. isn't it what's up to step out of that is a very liberating experience isn't it? it it's beautiful it really is because there's a revelation that comes with it you start to see everything through a different light and you realize what a manipulation the idea is that that we we think we are are thinking about politics in the terms that the politicians are telling us to think about them instead of being able to see them with some distance and understand what's actually going on. Yes, we've, we've stepped outside the Overton window, Todd. That's what yeah. we've done. We're, we're, we're not allowing that to dictate what we talk about, what we think, or what our beliefs are going to be. And I think that your show is an excellent vehicle to help others do that as well. And if I had to bet, and I'm not inside their little meetings, but I would bet that the 
mainstream political parties are very afraid of you. When you mention the Overton window, it requires that you define it because most people aren't familiar with the term. Okay, well, the Overton window is the sphere of acceptable conversation of political topics that are able to be talked about that's accepted, I guess, by the general public. But I'm entitled, I'm inclined to and think to think that the intellectuals in the political class are actually the ones defining it. Well, yes, but are but but are perceived by average people to be reasonable yes. perceptions of what's going on. So that's yes. definitely guided by all the manipulators, and and that's what has us trapped. So that's what we do need to be redefining: is what are the real norms? And the trouble is, there's nobody discussing those real norms and and how to view them differently, how to view them more properly. Well, and, you are. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm trying. I can't claim well, to no, have a... No, you're not a... trying, Todd. You're actually talking about them. <laughs> well, I do talk about them, yes. But whether I'm trying to find the right things to be saying. And uh, this is what I like you about... Say, wake Todd, this is what you say. Wake up, people. Don't you want to be free? For the love of God? That's what you say. For the love of God. <laughs> Preacher Mike. <laughs> wow, I've never been called that before. Preacher Mike, I love that little moment. Ooh, Liberty too. Lebo, I think, is a little better than Preacher Liber- Mike. Liberty, Liberty Lebo is a good is a good handle for you. Okay, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Nothing, Todd. Just thanks for everything you do. You're you're wonderful, and your show is wonderful. Oh, that's very kind of you. All right, Lebo, have right, a good day. A lot, Enjoy Todd. that driver's license. Don't go too fast, I, and stay outside sure. of that um, box. Stay outside. Absolutely. Of the box. All right. Talk to you. <laughs> okay, soon. Todd. Bye. I think it's funny that Lebo, yeah, so his first two tests, the same thing happened. He was pulling into the intersection to box out because it's the only way to do a left turn. When there's oncoming traffic, you, you have to take. I remember my driver's ed teacher back in, you know, 100 years ago teaching me to to do a left turn that way you have to take your position he said it's just like playing basketball and it is you've got to box out and block people so you can hold whatever uh space is given to you and keep inching forward i always hate when i'm behind a driver don't you who uh who doesn't know how to do that kind of um, physical space claiming process of of driving because if you're just like if you're coming out of a a um parking lot say and you have to get across the first lane of traffic so you can take a left onto the uh the other side of the road there's some people who wait for the whole thing to be cleared before they make a move and it's infuriating that people don't learn that but i think having some experience with sports particularly basketball but all sports is you know a big part of it is about using the space your body takes up to um, to impede people's movements so that other people can move freely. You know, like that that's how driving works in my mind. It's amazing to me that there are people driving every day who don't understand that dynamic. Oh, am I late? I'm sorry, I'm late. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to wait till uh, 45 now? He gave me the wave like, ah, you... you You've messed it up so bad. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. 
All right, so the rant line number, 860-751-4698. We'll do those in about uh, 95 minutes or so. And give us a call, 860-522-9842. Stay with us on WTIC. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why wait? Come on. Oh, come on. Why wait? You can rant right now at 860-751-4698 on the Todd Feinberg Show. Yeah, baby. So one of my major themes is to uh, try to get the truth out about the compassion crowd. You know how much the left loves everybody, and they want the best for everybody because they, they're they just oozing in compassion. They're overflowing with compassion. So listen to this. This is from the New York Times. This is about immigration. There are an estimated, according to the New York Times, 100,000 100,000 kids, illegal immigrants in the United States who are working, kids who are sent across the border by their families alone because we automatically accept any child walking into the country alone because it's dangerous to send them back. So... As a result, we're being overwhelmed at the border with kids, overwhelmed with children. And there's an interesting piece of tape. I want you to hear the sound cut because it, it just shows you how totally true the, um, the claims of love and compassion are from the left. And you remember how the media went crazy when Trump did things immigration-wise that actually created more security and safety and led to fewer people coming across the border, which, of course, is more safety. Fewer people dying, fewer innocents being crushed by the, the policies of the United States government. 
And by Biden, Biden came into office and, and immediately started backing off on on the immigration policies that had succeeded for the Trump administration at reducing the flow of humans. And this is this is the New York Times talking about this story. And a secret recording that was made of Javier Becerra, the um, Secretary of Health and Human Services or whatever that department is called now. And him talking about how the, they, they have to push the kids through the process quicker because there's a backlog and it costs $1,000 a day for each kid who's being housed while they try to find them space. Plus, there's a backup. So they have to get the kids out quicker. And as a result, the kids are being dumped into America under the flimsiest kind of arrangements. They just want to get them out into the world so they can make room for another kid who's waiting to get dumped out into the world. And as a result, according to this New York Times report, people are being sent into circumstances. Kids are being sent into circumstances where they're not being properly supervised and because they're not being properly supervised, they are taking jobs so they can send money home, which is what they're being sent here for, is to, be, to somehow get more money back into the country. And also to maybe provide a future for themselves. But I don't think people are thinking, and, and we don't want, because we're compassionate people, we don't want young people to be treated like slaves. And yet... The result of this production line thing that you'll hear Javier Becerra arguing for, he's telling his people in these sound cuts, you've got to get the kids through. Listen. This was very upsetting to some of the staff, and some even sent a letter all the way to the bosses at the agency saying, we don't think that this is safe for kids. We think we're releasing them to people who might traffic them. Wow. But the message from the top was still, we need to get these kids out of shelters and release to sponsors as quickly as possible. And what people who work at HHS have told us is they would wake up every morning just praying that the discharge numbers, the numbers of these kids going to sponsors, looked good for them that day. The programs would start getting in trouble if they weren't releasing at least 20% of kids every week. It's simple math. It's, it's addition and subtraction. It's not we actually got access to a recording of an internal meeting where Secretary Javier Becerra is berating staff for moving too slowly. If, if Henry Ford had seen this in his plan, he would have never become famous and rich. If Henry Ford had seen such a bad production line of human beings being dumped, minor human beings being dumped into the United States of America into um, unsavory circumstances, perhaps. He would never have become the rich, famous guy he was. So Javier Becerra, the head compassion secretary of immigration for of children for the um, Biden administration, he considers them to be nuts and bolts in a in a. Uh, a big multi-tonned chunk of steel that people drive around. This is not the way you do an assembly line. This is not the way you do an assembly line, says the chief of compassion for the children coming into this country illegally. This is not the way you do an assembly line. He's telling staff something that 
we're told he often would say, which is, you need to move this like an assembly line. We need to get discharges up. Every time we have to go to the Hill and explain why we're spending so much money, when most people are struggling to spend a little bit of money for their kids on a daily basis, we try to explain how we're spending more than $1,000 a day for kids who may not even have the legal right to be here. We need to explain how we're spending more than $1,000 a day for kids who don't have the legal right to be here. So this is for those of you who, who think, and I, am, and I believe there are a lot of people who are conservative in their political outlook who have absorbed the punishing rhetoric of Democrats and their, their, uh, their media partners, that they are the more compassionate ones. And I'm sure minorities must believe this too about Democrats, but here you have one secretly recorded, privately recorded, and, and secretly released. Well, yeah, it's not a secret anymore. Talking about them like they are cogs in a wheel, and he's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the guy who admits all this. Love this. When most people are struggling to spend a little bit of money for their kids on a daily basis, we try to explain how we're spending more than $1,000 a day for kids who may not even have the legal right to be here. Not me. Not me. I'm not going to be the one who defends that. Whoa. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, it was super upsetting for some senior level people who've been working in this agency for years and years. Some of these senior staff told me that they felt more worried for these kids even than they had under Trump. But does the Biden administration care about the kids? No. They are just cogs in a wheel. So basically, there's this franticness, right, within HHS, prompted mostly by the politics, it sounds like, to get these kids out of government custody as fast as possible. So what happens to the kids next after they leave U.S. custody and go to their sponsors? This is really the second failure that I saw in my reporting. There's a whole host of issues with who these sponsors are and how they end up treating the children in their care. Yeah. So, you know, the whole it's a sordid story. But it's a story, again, of how they try to manipulate us. They try to con us into thinking they look at the world through a certain lens. But really what we hear when the liberal media takes the time to go report the story, what they're reporting is that this is hateful politics on the part of Democrats. And that they're not driven by compassion. They're driven by political concerns they are driven by the desire to not get a bad story in the news not to not be responsible for embarrassing the big guy joe biden's the big guy and if he appoints you secretary of health and human services and you're in charge of children coming into the country illegally all you care about is making sure that you don't embarrass the chief and make the chief mad at you and get one of those angry phone calls from the chief of staff or whomever whomever makes those phone calls for the president telling you that you are making a mess of things and you are angering the president. But that's what drives government. It's not compassion. Government doesn't have feelings, and the people in it, if they have feelings when they go in, those feelings get squeezed out of them. 
as necessity because political survival depends on their ability to make sure there are no bad stories that anger the chief and make the chief get on the phone or put somebody else on the phone to ream you out because you're not you're not doing the Henry Ford thing by building a beautiful state-of-the-art manufacturing system that churns those kids out into the country quickly enough that there are no crowds at the border to show up in news coverage that embarrass the president. That's how that's how it works. 860-522-9842. We're going to take a quick break. You can use it if you want to call in or to call in a rant. 860-751-4698. More coming on WTIC. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show. Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, how about another another compassionate entity that is the railroad railroad chief executive testified that he was determined to make this right he's deeply sorry for the ohio train derailment i don't know why they even bother putting these people out there to talk like they're humans they're not humans they're people who have the humanity squeezed out of them because they step inside of a system step inside of a system that requires of them that they do what the system wants and then take the punishment that they have to absorb to make sure the punishment goes, doesn't go to another level. It's all just it's all just standard rigmarole, but how come we all fall for it? How come society keeps working this way? Why is it that they keep playing these games when we don't uh, we don't really relate to these games and they they don't cut through. They don't make something good happen. Other than the covering up of of something bad happening, and that is truly that is something they are after. They are certainly after making sure that nothing bad happens. That is protecting the big guy and making sure the heat of the big guy's anger doesn't get focused down on the person making the decisions or doing the talking or what have you it's a um you know it's a it's a very real dynamic and a and a sad one that continues to percolate always uh report connecticut hospitals in precarious state after worst year financially since the pandemic. Who talks about these things? Where do you hear about how bad government is going? Occasionally you'll get a story in the news, but in general, in general they try to coast through and pretend they're doing a good job. And most of the people inside the power structure, whether that be um, elected officials, whether it be elected officials or unelected officials, you know, people in business who are trying to get along with the people who've got the power over them, who don't want to, because business people don't want to be hung out to dry either. Workers inside the in state government, you know, people who hold those cabinet positions, just like the federal government, they don't want to be the focus of ire. They don't want to be the ones who get the angry phone call. 
It's all about egos and the success of the big guy. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's one that we, uh, we witness the effects of on a regular basis. So much manipulation. And it's all about spending more money, too. How to trick us into spending more money all the time. Because they have to keep growing government. They have to keep that money pumping along. And that's just one of the situations we've got to deal with. Let's talk to Pete in East Hartford. Hello there, Pete. Hey, how'd you know it was me? Well, you know what? We have this fancy thing now called caller ID. And, oh, that's uh, beautiful. You know what that means? You're going to eliminate your producer's job. Well, uh, perhaps, perhaps. But he has other things he has to do. Okay. I love it when I heard rigmarole because um, it's funny because my son picks up on a lot of these sayings that I say, and he cracks up and he keeps them up. He keeps them in his memory. When I heard the rigmarole, I had to, I had to call him. I Who say, said hey. that? Did I say that? Yeah, you said rigmarole. I love it. Hey, and how I old's your I son? Thought, my son's early 30. Oh, okay. So he's still harassing you over language. Wow. No, but he loves it. He picks up on some of it, and he likes it. <laughs> you know, hey, I have a quick warning out to um, all our listeners out here. You know, I say our because we're a team. All you know right. what I'm saying? I like okay. it. Okay. You know, people go online. They establish relationships. They text, and they talk to people, whatever. Okay, nothing physically. Okay, over some a period of time, trust develop, okay, and then maybe you're doing do, do them a favor and how how they get a favor, they need money. Okay. Do not ever use cash apps. It, there's one called Cash App. Do not, it's poison. Okay. It's poison. You'll never get your money back. It's even though it's a legitimate um fast money um, transfer only trust PayPal and even PayPal is a little iffy but there's a lot of them out there Zelle but cash but what app, are you saying get, happens that people steal the transfer oh my god they ask for money and then you and then you realize it was a mistake or you realize you were scammed and you can't get it back this oh, cash app is crazy plus if you you may there's also some type of procedure where you think you're putting in for a refund or or for them to send it back and instead they zap you again oh that's not good pete all right thank you for the warning we've got to get ourselves a little traffic update mark christopher in the bps lawyers traffic center good thursday afternoon mark his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt Hi-ya! and even after band camp he might not be the greatest musician but with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.